0: Welcome to the Wander Learn Podcast. I'm your host, Franz Tapon. This is a short introduction to a short episode featuring Richard DeLong, where we talk more about Eastern Europe. Don't forget to go to patreon.com slash to become a patron and get some cool rewards. Now, enjoy this short episode about Eastern Europe.
1: You've lived in Slovakia for many years. Mm-hmm. You lived in
0: Ukraine for many years. Yeah.
1: Georgia, you've been here for how many years? Coming up on 11. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Um, and which one am I leaving on? Russia. Russia yeah. for a couple years. A couple years. Right. Couple years. right. Yeah. Where to next? Uh, You're going to go to China? So, <laughs> I actually, I don't even see myself as a traveler. Yes. Well, you because live. That's right. You, you that's immerse right. yourself. Yeah. You're not a pussy like me who just kind of like... Yeah. <laughs> Skimming the cream. Yes, Ah, exactly, right. oh, this this cream tastes good. it's right. Better than the last. And, one. and I don't <laughs> realize that there's a big piece of meat underneath that cream. Yeah, yeah. there's meat all the right. way down. Exactly. Lots of meat. Turtles all the way <laughs> down <laughs> The longer you stay, the better you know the language. The more course, opportunities you have. Of course. So, of course. Um, they're very. It's a. Yeah. You certainly immerse yourself fully, yeah. and you're going to be able to. That's why I'm curious to pick up your. Lessons that you've learned that took you years to learn and Mm -hmm. something I would utterly miss because I've just (laughs) I'm just a Tourist. Yeah, so my next country if there is one might be Turkey Uh, when the war started uh, In Ukraine, I realized that at least for the time being both Russia and Ukraine are just off limits for me They're closed and so there goes my plan B I always had a plan B you know if I get tired of uh, Georgia. I just, you know, I can go back and spend some time in Ukraine. Uh, well, that's, that's off off the table But hold on. I mean, it, it's, it's off, off right now. The, the table right now. Maybe if the war ends in the middle Absolutely. of 2023, you could go there and help the Reconstruction. Absolutely. And uh, there would probably be a, a huge boom, and it'd be a very interesting time to be yeah, in Ukraine. And they need CIA yeah. operatives there, too. Yeah, that's what we'd say <laughs> you. <laughs> <laughs> you stole my joke. <laughs> I was trying to blame you yeah. as a CIA opera. I thought CIA people live in the country and kind of blend uh, in with the population I, I, I guess so. honestly I don't know but the, the legend I wonder is, how many yeah, people think the legend CIA is that come on they, they speak you know the, the local language perfectly but honestly I don't trust the government to, to train people at that level got it um, yeah if, if you were advising somebody to consider living in those four countries, let's say the year 2025. Okay. Okay? So maybe the, the war in Ukraine is settled so, mm-hmm. and, and Russia is kind of somewhat normal. And so therefore it's open um, for anybody to move into any of yeah. these countries. Which one would you tell this is the country you should go to? I mean, obviously it's a broad thing because everybody yeah. has different values and all that kind of stuff. But which one is mm-hmm. like something, a, a, a nice place to live? Well, those are two different questions. A nice place to live and the place to go to. I think Ukraine will be a very interesting... I'm talking about to live in. Yeah. To live in. Well, Ukraine would be a place you'd go if you want to see and be part of the rebuilding of a country. Okay. Okay? Uh, Russia, I think there are too many questions there to to answer. Got it. Is the country still intact? Right. Hold on. Hold on. Stop for a second. uh Is there a way... like? For Russians, they might think they've already broken up into 15 pieces, right? Mm-hmm. You know, because they consider, some of them consider the republics, the 15 republics, well, there are 14 other ones besides Russia, yeah. as part of them. If the United States were to break up, I would say, okay, Alaska's going to break off, Hawaii's mm-hmm. going to break off, and Florida's going to break off, Texas. and Texas, right? Yeah. These, are the, these are the prime suspects mm-hmm. for the United States. What about Russia? Where, uh, what terrorism? Some people say the North Caucasus. So that's not just Chechnya, that's also Dagestan. Uh, Dagestan and Chechnya would be the most... um, Obvious? Obvious candidates. Mm. Um, Maybe the Russian Far East. Okay. Places like Buryatia, uh, uh where there are, you know, Buryats living. Right. Or the uh, places with a lot of Tatars. Mm -hmm. So uh, places that have... Like uh, like Kazan, maybe? Yeah, places like that. Okay. Um, places that have some, a strong enough local nationalist or ethnic identity. But th- what do you, the percentage chance? I would say 10% that that's going to happen. What uh, do you think? So I think uh, maybe you're envisioning a situation where these republics just start saying, bye-bye, Russia, we're gone. But what if Russia experiences a crushing military defeat such that the entire power structure breaks down? And what if one of the conditions of surrender is a restructuring of the entire power system, governance system? So more autonomy given to these regions, for example. Or even like a... Uh, like a federation. A formal breakup of the country, yeah, or like... Or like a Yugoslavia type something thing. Something like that, yeah. um, Okay, I hear you, but percentage chance of that, what do you think? I still, I think that's low. But what it's, do you think? I think it's... That's too many steps in the future to really okay. foresee. I think there are different... But ways I'm paying you a lot of money with. for this interview, so <laughs> I want to get an accurate... Okay, 23%. Percent. I think... 23%. Okay, fine. We've heard it here first. <laughs> Richard <laughs> Okay, uh, final things. Let's talk about the future. We mm-hmm. talked a little bit about Ukraine. Yeah, what right. about Slovakia? What about Georgia? What do you think mm-hmm. the future is? Now you've got all yeah. these Russian immigrants coming in, mm-hmm. evading the war. Uh, do you feel it on the street? Do you feel like you, all of a sudden there's a... You see it on the street. Obviously, there are a lot more Slavic faces. Hmm. Uh, you feel it on, so, on social media because a lot of Georgians express dissatisfaction with this. Um, but at the same time, hold on. Yeah. Georgians are benefiting from all the money that the Russians are pouring in. Don't tell anyone that. Yes. <laughs> that, that's true. On the one hand, um, the more people that come in, the greater the economic benefits. And let me give you some examples. These people come and they need to convert their currency to the local currency, so which is boosting the mm-hmm. currency. It's making the lari and the Armenian drum yes. stronger versus the dollar. Correct. Some One of the very few currencies and certainly in the, world the that are strengthening right, right. against the dollar. Interesting. And that gives the governments of those countries the opportunity to pay off some of their dollar-denominated debt. Got it. Because they've got a stronger currency, they can print a bit more of that currency to, to return to the former uh, exchange rate. Just print off money, exchange it for dollars and pay off the debt. On the other hand? On the other hand, uh, if there are too many immigrants too fast, it creates social tensions. Because the, the locals who have their uh, identity and feel like they're in charge here, start to feel like they're not in charge. But again, this is kind of a power dynamic. If you go outside and you see groups of, of young, okay, groups of men just standing around, right. uh, I, I, oh, Go ahead. talking and, mm-hmm. and feeling like they're in charge. Right. If you walk a bit further and you see a group of, say, Russian men doing the same thing, just standing around on the street, acting like they're in charge of their, of their place. Even the fact of people just standing around in large enough num- numbers creates social tensions. Right, right. Yeah, I think it, uh, analogy might be that you have Mexicans who come to the United States and they come there with a bit of humility, in the sense that they yeah. come here. Can we can we work? Can we do something? Mm-hmm. That kind of stuff. Versus, if a Russian might come to Georgia and say, "Yeah, this used to be our territory here," and you know, I'm a badass. You know, that would be a very different yeah, attitude if they came in that way. That that is that is correct. However, uh, my experience like, is that they're coming humbly. Humbly, good. Yeah, good. However. Because I mean, I think Americans when they go to Mexico, they're coming with more arrogance. A, a U.S. Mm-hmm. citizen goes to yeah, Mexico, okay. and they're like, "I'm in, you know, like, I'm from North America. No, I'm a badass." Yeah, you're, you're, I think you're you're spot on with that. And Russian tourists, or a certain percentage of Russian tourists, have had that attitude in right. the past coming to, but not to. now. I think now they're a bit uh, more humble. They're more humble. I'm talking about the tourists, correct? And the people fleeing mobilization are much more humble. Right? Okay. They they. Are many of them are very scared actually right. when they enter the country. Uh, maybe they've been they've been told that you can't speak Russian here. Right. Everyone hates Russia and they still come and they're just fearful for people's attitudes. I've seen them. graffiti in Georgia fuck Russia. Many yeah, like places. The, there are streets where you see anti-Russia graffiti every 10 meters. Yeah. And same thing in Armenia by the way. Yeah, Yeah. yeah. Even though Armenia is nominally more pro-Russia than Georgia. If people want to follow you, uh, Rick, and hear more of your insights or talk to you, um, where can they reach you? I can refer you to my website on language learning where I've condensed my experience from learning 10 different languages. Okay, one of those was my native language. Maybe that doesn't count. Uh, And that website is called frictionlessmastery.com. Excellent. So if you want to learn my insights for... Mastering any language to any level. That's where you go. Fabulous. Richard, it's been a pleasure. And I hope next time it won't go so long since I I talked to you again. This French tap on encouraging you to wander and learn.
0: And that ends this episode of the Wander Learn podcast, where we explore travel, technology, and transformation. If you'd like to see the show notes with links to what we've talked about, go to wanderlearn.com and click on this episode. If you'd like to connect with me, just remember F tap on. That's my first initial and my last name. Ftapon is always my social media username. My website is ftapon.com. Do you want to leave me an anonymous voicemail where you can make a comment or ask a question? Then go to speakpipe.com slash ftapon. Furthermore, if you'd like to get rewarded for supporting my projects, then go to patreon.com slash ftapon. That's where you can pick up some remarkable rewards for as little as $2 a month. Now, five quick favors. Number one, subscribe to the WanderLearn podcast. Two, download it. Three, share it. Four, review it. And five, sign up for my newsletter at wanderlearn.com. Our theme music was composed by Eric Stratman. This is Francis Tapon, encouraging you to wander and learn.